Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. With a vengeance! Welcome to episode 223 of the s and Podcast Show. Steven and Dan are here for a little old school feels. Danny, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How's it going? It's been a minute. Uh, how's it going? It's good. It's good. You know, another day, another day. You know, it's been a couple of weeks, but we are back this week. Uh, we got a kick-butt show this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Vin's working because, you know, some of us got to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so some big news coming out of our camp on our end. Uh, you could still find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, but now you could also find us, uh, you can find us on Spotify as well now. We just added to our list of great places to listen to us. Of course, snbblog.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the places you can find us, all of social media. So make sure you check us out on all of that. Uh, we have a packed show today. We're actually going to bring on for the first time Michael Carver from the Isles Seat Podcast. Uh, he also works for WFN. What is the show? Farrell. What is the night show that he does? Uh, yeah, he works on CBS Network. Uh, Scott Farrell, the famous uh, sports broadcaster, he, he produces that show. Right, right. Scott, it's usually Scotty on the bench. I haven't listened to him in ages. No offense <laughs> to uh, Michael, but yeah. Gotta be on earlier in the day. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Nothing against them. It's just daytime. <laughs> I have to say, WFM wise, I'm really enjoying JJ and Evan Roberts together uh, this week covering for Mike. I'm not gonna lie, as well. But that's here or there for right now. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. So we actually have um, an event. Somebody has reached out to us to help out on. Uh, this girl Jordan. Uh, it's actually a long story that I'm gonna read, but as everybody knows, we like to use our podcast and our platform to help out as many people as we can. Yes. So this was definitely huge when we did our uh, Super Bowl preview show. She noticed it and she asked us to help her out. So her name is Jordan, and she wrote me this long thing to read out for you guys. Uh, when I was two years old, my mom was diagnosed with a rare form of pediatric cancer as an adult called Ewing's sarcoma. She was treated at Sloan Kettering Cancer in NYC on the ninth floor, the pediatric floor. When she got better, she would always bring my family to events to help kids with cancer. Even as a kid, I was drawn to these kids. I was never scared of them. I wanted to help them. I will forever be in debt to the brilliant doctors who saved my mom. So, she wrote, I always fundraised by 
it was never enough. In August 2015, everything clicked. I started WIP Pediatric Cancer Challenge with the popular song of some of the summer, Watch Me Whip Nene. I posted a 14-second video similar to the ASL Bucket Challenge, challenging families and friends to dance or donate. Over 7,000 people submitted videos from 47 countries, and wow. it went viral. The whip, nay-nay, faded away, but kids are still fighting. Three years ago, I came up with the Heart of Gold program, encouraging students to get involved. Kids helping kids. Schools are asked to sign up for a free Heart of Gold kit, which is my logo, a gold paper heart, and they are asked to decorate the heart and bring it back to school with, su- with a suggestion, suggested donation of $2. It teaches them that they are never too young to make a difficult, make a difference, and every dollar adds up. To the date, to date, I have she has raised over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for pediatric cancer research wow. at at Memorial Sloan Kettering at NYC, and have gained over seventy eight thousand Facebook followers who love what I do. Oh, I guess yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, first off, uh, that's an awesome job. Obviously, we all know with my story. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Ewing sarcoma is actually the cancer. I don't know if you remember, but that's the cancer that Mark Herzog had and defeated. Um, mm-hmm. So that's great on that. Um, from my personal experience at Sloan Kettering, uh, seeing kids was single-handedly the most difficult for me going through whatever I had to go through. Like, they always were so positive and everything like that. And just, these are all these kids know sometimes. And it's just, it's like, it breaks your heart. Right. So, um, so good job on her part for doing this. So, hopefully we help her out. And, um, no, we're not done. Oh, I know. Just talking. <laughs> we're still going. All right, that's my part. But, yeah, go on. Thanks for giving me a breather. No problem. <laughs> All of the statistics and numbers are all amazing, but my absolute favorite part is getting to play with the children. Once a week or more, I go and visit the kids and bring them toys and spend time with them. I want to make sure that they that I am their light in a time of darkness. I have also hosted for the past four years Skate for Gold. Skate for Gold is a free event for families who at some point in their lives are affected by pediatric cancer. Whether you are a parent, sibling, survivor, fighting, or have an angel in the family, you are welcome to come and skate. Skating and hockey are very prevalent things in my house. Both my dad and brother play ice hockey, and I used to do competitive figure skating. At Skate for Gold, my brother's hockey friends and the hockey community we have become a part of for the past 15 years come to help the cancer kids skate. To the kids, these youth hockey players are like celebrities. The cool thing about it is the most is that most parents could have never have even dreamt that their kids would be walking, let alone ice skating. Over and over, these families thank me for providing them with a day that they, they otherwise would never have. This year's Skate for Gold is March 24th from 10 to 12 at the Dix Hills Ice Rink. Face painting, skating, photo booth, hot chocolate, and skates are included. I will continue to do everything in my power to not only make make them happy but save their lives if you want to learn more about the jordan's foundation or want to sign up for the heart of gold program 
There's a link that we will share on our podcast page or follow them on Facebook at White Pediatric Cancer. You want to hear the craziest part about this? Yeah, go for it. She's 19. Wow. <laughs> that's a that's a special person right there. Right. She is 19 years old. She gets it. I wish I was like that when I was 19. <laughs> that's that's something. That's something. I know that uh I am definitely going to be at the skate. We're going to try and do some things. Um I know I have some old things that, like signed stuff and some yeah. old hockey sticks that I'm going to bring over with me to make sure that they're there for the kids. Um, and I'm definitely going to help out with the whole skating aspect of everything as well. Jordan and I are actually talking about other things that us at the podcast can actually do. Maybe interview some of the kids and, you know, kind of what we did with the, the softball event and the Granderson event and kind of yeah. do it with the kids to get them kind of involved with it where they could be excited about seeing a YouTube video that they're on. Yeah, of course. And I'm ho- I hope to... He actually made me cry just now, tear up just thinking about all this stuff. But uh, yeah, no, that's, she's very special. That's 19 years old, starting a charity for out of her own good. That's just simply amazing. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy to think um, we're about a month away from the event as well. So like I said, we'll keep posting about it. We'll keep sharing it on our page. Uh we wanted to try and get Jordan on, but she is so super busy just going to oh, cancer places. And... and and speaking from experience, uh, just everything that Sloan does, um, for speaking of experience, is uh, they always want people to be uh, busy and not always worried about the, obviously, the cancer aspect of things. Like, they had dog, um, they had dog uh, therapists come, dogs coming around. They came to me a couple times. Um, they have a whole, like, hangout area. So, like, where the ch- kids can hang out. They can play Xbox and all of these other things. And there's it's just a good relaxing area that you just going through a tough time. You get to chill out. So, kudos to them. I, I've been wanting to do that for the last couple of years. I just haven't been able to find the time and effort to do it. But one of these days, I'm going to go back to either where I stayed during the uh, between treatment or slowing itself but yeah definitely yeah it's crazy um all the stuff that's going on um like i said we do have a packed show today i just wanted to read all that we'll reiterate the skating part later um yeah. so like right now let's catch our breaths and go into our leader leading off all right this week's lead off um since we haven't been able to uh be recorded the last couple weeks. Major League Baseball decided to come down with a couple of rule changes. Since we don't have the most a lot of time, I'm just really going through that they want to start to get DH in the whole league, um, not just the American League, but also in the National League. Obviously, there's a lot of debates about that because the National League it's a different style of uh, baseball with the um, double switch and all the other staying other things including pitchers actually hitting um what do you what do you what do you think of this i not a big fan of it because i I like the different strategy of national league baseball opposed to american league baseball it it takes away part of the game because you you need to know when you're going to be taking out a pitcher 
in a certain situation. Or, all right, next inning, there's going to be a couple of guys up that you don't want to take out a lefty or something with that type of situation. Opposed to the American League, yeah, we'll have the big, better hitting with that. But, oh, we'll just take out a pitcher right there. He's going to start a clean inning, and that's no problem. Um, but I, I'm, like, indifferent about it. I'm, I'm, like, I'm think about one of the best moments too. in baseball the past couple of years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Homer. definitely, but it happens so few and far between. Like I'm indifferent about it, but if I had to choose, I would I'd rather pitchers batting just for the sure fact of the double switch and other key parts of the game. Um, like a team like the Mets, obviously they would benefit from having a DH, especially with guys like Robin Cano and if Cespedes ever comes back type of situation or Todd Frazier. Those kind of guys. Um, but I don't know. It, it's just one of those weird things. You know it's going to ha- eventually happen just because of getting uh, a, a bunch of other DHs, all the American League, National League teams transferring to DH. So more people are going to be richer because of that. Um, and just saving pitchers from doing more, I guess, would be the other way of looking at it as well. So. It does protect pitchers, but they they're they're athletes and they should be able to handle their own. Like like with Tanaka a couple years ago, that was a disaster. He stepped. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, people get mad about that. Like, but that's the game. Just like, let him be an athlete. And, that, and that's what makes baseball great, though. Like, how many managers can go to an American League in the National League can go to American League Park and plan their game around not having to have the pitcher hit how many how many american league guys can go into a national league park and plan their roster oh around they, they get rattled the other way around they get rattled all the time you can you can just tell sometimes and it's just like, all right guys i i know you're not built this way because nine out of ten times their dh is their best hitter and they actually have to play on the field more times than not like it was entertaining as hell watching big poppy having to play first base for those 10 to 15 games because you know he doesn't play it anytime during the American League play. But like but that brings to my attention a couple years ago when it was the when it was uh the when it didn't matter that everybody was playing each other, not like the two week interleague play kind of thing. Like it's eventually going to happen and it and it loses its luster at, at at most. So it's like eh it is what it is kind of thing. So it's eventually gonna happen because I I like I, I did it's a like, protection thing. Yeah, definitely. And I and I actually liked back in the day when it was just a week of interleague play, and then the two leagues didn't get to face each other into the All Star Game slash World Series. So I did I did like that a lot. Right, and then like there's always the other aspect of everything as well, you know. Again, uh, like I said before, the aspect of protecting these guys. Like, the last thing you want is Noah Syndergaard taking a cut and being out for six months and then Major League Baseball is losing out. Exactly. We almost lost our Cy Young with DeGrom last year. He, If he didn't injure his uh, shoulder anymore, it could have been bad news. He only missed two starts out of it. One or two starts, if I I remember correctly. Right. The Mets got really lucky. 
because he swung way too hard when he didn't really need to. It was one of those fluky things with the Mets got lucky with. Right, hundred um, percent. I, I'm like I said, I'm super indifferent on it. I want to watch pitchers hit, but you know what? I understand the whole. There's enough shitty. Thing. There's a yeah. There's enough shitty pitchers batting that you're like, all right, we don't need it for the select few. Yeah, it sucks for like. Like the, the other aspect of it also is you're gonna have to teach better guys to butt. Well, yeah, well, punting in general that that's a lost art in Major League Baseball, unfortunately. Right. Um, but that's a different story for a different day. With that being said, um, we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna be right back to this stuff again. Adrenaline is pumping, felt in my bones. Welcome back to episode 223 of the S&D Podcast Show. Just a reminder, the skate for gold for the pediatric cancer is March 25th at the Dix Hill Skating Rink. Uh, shout out to Jordan for setting that up. And make sure we, if you're interested in joining us for that, make sure you reach out to us or Jordan. Uh, all of our informa- all the information on that will be on our social media page by the time you're listening to the show. But right now... We are very excited to welcome in a guest from the ILC podcast. Mike Carver's on with us. What's going on, Mike? Hey, boys. How we doing? Thanks for having me. Thank no you problem. for joining us. If I told you in October that we were going to do this episode and the Islanders would be in first place, you would say? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's be fair, guys. And, and anybody who tells you any differently is lying. There's nobody who can say with a straight face that on October you know, fifth or whatever it was when they played that first game in Carolina, there's no way that anybody could tell you that by the end of February they'd be sitting in first place. Nobody can do it. I, I could promise you most people would have sold, said we'd be sellers right now at this time of the year, if anything. Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think that there's definitely uh, – that's probably what people would have thought when the season started. I think that there was a lot of people, and I was one of them, who – thought the team would – I didn't think they'd be as bad as a lot of people made it out. I thought that they'd be a, a team that would be maybe fighting for the last playoff spot and they would have some hard decisions when the deadline was coming because having guys like Eberle and Nelson and Lee, who I don't even put Lee in the category anymore because he's getting re-signed. I don't even, I don't even think about him in the, in the light of uh, he's going to be a UFA. But when you thought about those guys at the beginning of the year, you figured – well, even if the Islanders are kind of in the mix and have a chance at the playoffs, they're probably going to be, like you said, they're probably going to be sellers because they don't want to lose guys for nothing like they did last year. So it's amazing the situation that they're in now. They are not sellers at all. They are buyers, and they're not just buyers, boys. They are uh, big game hunting right now, as they like to say. Big game hunting. Who would have thought, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you would (laughs) – Three years, what is it, two years later, we're finally hearing the Islanders and Matthew Shane again. Are we tracking planes again this year or what? Oh, it's, it's, it's wild, right? Because the Matthew Shane stuff, you want to you take it back even further. The links between Matthew Shane and the Islanders started if, you know, obviously he came in the same year as John Tavares. It was John Tavares, Matthew Shane, and Victor Hedman. Those were the guys at the top of the draft that year. And I remember it was maybe a week or two before the draft, and it was kind of unknown that John was going to be the first overall selection by the Islanders. But I remember, I don't know if this was smoke screening by Garth or whatever was going on with the organization, the whispers started to get out there. 
You know, the Islanders really like Matt Duchesne, and he could be the guy they take instead. That all, of course, ended up being not true. And then, like you said, a few years ago, when he was in Colorado, Joe Sackick and Garth Snow could never find a way. There was the rumor deal of Travis Hamanick, Matthew Barzell, and a, a first-round pick, which Colorado did not take. Well, um, you, you know, there's, there's, well, maybe Colorado would have took it if, if they could go back and take it now. But, um, yeah, it seems like Matthew Shane and the Islanders have been a link for, you know, a really long time. And I don't know if it's going to happen over the next five days. We're getting closer and closer. I know the Sens are definitely going to trade him. We all know that. He seems to uh, have something with the city of Nashville. He owns a home there. You know, that's a a really strong possibility for him as well in the offseason. But I think there's a good chance that they can land Duchesne by Monday. All right. Other than Duchesne, uh, what are other names that their fans should be on the lookout for? I know you have a couple of players in particular that you've been uh, beating the drum for for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Do you want to give a name a couple of them? And yeah, well, unfortunately, one of them, unfortunately tonight, one of them re-signed, and that was Jacob Silverberg of the Ducks. He's a guy that I really wanted the Islanders to go after, but he apparently really loves it in Anaheim, and tonight they got a deal done, it looks like, where he's going to extend with Anaheim. So we could take his name off the board. Of course, there is Mark Stone, who is also in Ottawa. There's still talks between him and Ottawa of whether or not they're going to extend. If they don't, he'll be on the block. I would 1,000% be after him. And then you kind of got to start to get to the next tier guys because I don't believe that Columbus is going to trade Artemi Panarin. He's probably the biggest name that's potentially available, but I'm not buying it. The Columbus Blue Jackets are a team that has never won a playoff series in their franchise history. They need to find a way to win one, and they've got two huge UFAs in Panarin and Bobrovsky. I think they're going to keep them and at least try uh, to get as far as they can this year. So now you got to go to the next level of guys. And um, I've heard names uh, like uh, Granlin from Minnesota, uh, Hoffman in Florida, Mike Hoffman in Florida uh, as possibilities. You know, another hard part about this, guys, is uh, you look around the league and there's that are eliminated, you know, especially in the Western Conference where it seems like there's seven or eight teams for two spots right now. That's how tight it is out there. And in the East, the only teams that you could say that are really out of it and maybe are going to be sellers is uh, Otto, who we've already talked about with their pieces. And, you know, Detroit, maybe Gustav Nyquist. I like him as maybe a power play option. The Devils have an interesting option for the Isles, which is Marcus Johansson, who played for Barry Trotz in Washington, has started to pick his game up a little bit. He might be a guy that the Isles target. And as nice as it sounds, and a couple people have tweeted this to me, um, you know, would probably really help the Islanders. I think that that's the kind of player that would. But as we know, I don't see the Rangers trading Zuccarello over to the Islanders uh, (laughs) to watch him help them in a playoff run. So I think that that's kind of pie-in-the-sky stuff. You know what I mean? That would be an interesting two teams to hear. It's like listening to the Mets and Yankees talking. Right, right. (laughs) Let's trade Noah Syndergaard to the Yankees for uh, oh, for Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Never happening. Never <laughs> happening. So one of the biggest things with this year's Islanders team, post to last year's Islanders team, was the goaltending. It, it took a complete 360. Um, if the playoffs started today and you're Barry Trotz, 
Game one, who's your starter? Are you going with Liner or are you going with uh, Thomas Grice? It's so hard. It really is. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this, and, and a few people have asked me. And, and honestly, I, I have to go by, first of all, who they're playing. I think it matters because these two guys have been so good this year. Their numbers are almost identical. I mean, Leonard has one more win than Grice. They're both almost a dead heat in save percentage. Leonard's goals against is maybe like .2 better than Grice. They have both been awesome. So I think when you get to the first round of the playoffs, I think the two things they're going to factor in on who's going to play game one is, A, who are you playing? Because some of these guys have had better success against other teams. Let's say the Islanders play the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. Thomas Grice owns the Carolina Hurricanes. He beats them every single time he plays them. So in that scenario, you would think that Thomas Grice is going to play uh, if they matched up with the Hurricanes. The other thing you factor in is, you know, throughout this season, both of these guys uh, until recently have had like little runs where one of them was a little ahead of the other. Grice was kind of the guy in October and November. Leonard was the guy in December and pretty much all of January. And honestly, for the last three or four weeks, it's been neck and neck. Both guys have been going back and forth, playing great. If one of them is having one of those stretches in late March and early April where one is hotter than the other, that would also factor into who you play in game one. Well, that's also what happened a couple of years ago with Grice was just the hot hand towards the end of the year. He ends up in the playoff series. And, Grice was, uh, and Grice was an absolute uh, unsung hero in that Florida series. I thought that his performance against the Panthers, uh, him and Tavares were the reason that the Islanders won that series. And I know that Grice had a couple bad ones after that, but man, he was he was as good. There are no as after you've ever that seen him. him. Well, right? No, listen, that you're 100 percent right, and uh, Grice was awesome, and I you, that kind of showed you that you know he can do it. And now getting in the mix with Barry Trotz and Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn and. And, and what they've done to Grice and Leonard, uh, he's taken his game not only back to that level that he had in that Florida series, but maybe even better. So now then the question becomes is who do we who's going to stick around, ideally, in your opinion, for next season? You know, I know we're not going to look ahead a little bit, but you, but we got. I was talking to somebody the other day. You know, I sit up with the Blue and Orange Army, and we're we're talking, and we're like, "Do you do you move Grice's contract to resign Leonard? You got to think the kid's coming from Russia. Uh, what's his name, Sorkin? The White Whale, the White Whale. <laughs> Come on, he's you still got some time for him. I I'll never believe the White Whale till I see him on the shores over here. I'm never. Uh, I, I'm I'll never believe the White Whale's coming until I see him. <laughs> this is what we were talking about might as well ask right so yeah <laughs> so we do have an event coming up this saturday for you with the ilc podcast over at the we do. It's gonna be oh it's it's gonna be a big night that's for sure we got uh eight o'clock before they play the canucks at uh 10 i've got uh a little panel that i'm doing with a couple guys who are regulars on my show i've got uh, the the couple guys that have been in some of those MSG commercials that you've seen throughout this year, the, whether it's the Offside Tavern, Nick from there, and Devin from Yes Men Outfitters, the shirt company, and I'm going to take some questions from the crowd. I've got some other things lined up too. It's going to be a it's going to be a really fun hour and a half pregame 
before the uh, Islanders take on the Canucks. Should be a good time. I know I'm going to be there. Danny's got prior engagement. Trying to get Vin to call out, you know. He has the sniffles, you know. Yeah, Vin can can have the 24-hour flu. (laughs) So we're super excited about that. Any big news coming up with the podcast? Yeah, you know, I just, uh, I've got that going on Saturday. And then next Thursday, of course, boys, we've got a a really big night, right? When John Tavares returns. Sounds like it's just a regular Thursday. What are you talking about, Mike? It's just I'm a regular Thursday <laughs> over for us on Hempstead Turnpike. Um, it, it's going to be a fun night. I'm actually going to do a little pregame out there at a tailgate. Uh, the yes men out for the tailgate. I'm going to do my pregame show uh, on Twitter live from 4.45 to 6 o'clock right there in the parking lot at the tailgate. So I've got a couple of special guests lined up for that uh, that will join me that night at the table. So we've got, uh, we've got a couple of really cool things coming up and it's only February. So I'm sure that once I get through these, I'm going to line some more stuff up for March and continue on through a playoff run. I I can't wait to see the player that you're going to pick for tomorrow with, uh, the, your daily tweet about the, the, the radio show, uh, next week at the uh, tailgate. You like what what I've been doing there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I crack up every day. Come out, come out and see, come out and see Mitch Marner and the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Islanders. <laughs> today was Buzzin, right? Yes, I went with Jake Buzzin today. I got I haven't done uh, Nylander yet, so I might have to look out. I'll give you the preview. It'll probably be Nylander tomorrow when I do it. So. <laughs> I won't lie. I mean, honestly, we we don't we don't want. I mean. I just also, and I kind of talked about this on my podcast this week, the aisle seat is, I mean, this is going to be a fun night. It, it really is. And people have been waiting for this night for a long time to, to get their opportunity to see uh, Tavares and boo him and do whatever it is that they want to do. Uh, legally speaking, you know, keep it, keep it sane. But um, I kind of also want the night to get over with because yes. I'm so sick and tired of talking about this guy. I just, whether it's, you know, the Canadian media or anybody else, I'm just so sick of hearing about John Tavares and people telling me or the Islander fan how they should feel about him and what they should do with him. Just just come here, play the game. Hopefully the Islanders take two points off and then we keep moving on. That, that's all I'm hoping for next Thursday. Listen, if like we said, if this was back in October, it was just that was important. Beating him was important. Right. But now it's yeah. we're in a playoff race, boys. <laughs> yeah, no, this yeah that that we that want to host game one and two in the first round for a change. Exactly, <laughs> hasn't happened since 1988. Wow, <laughs> that's the last that's the last the time, last time before I was born. Uh, I was one. Steve was. <laughs> it wasn't even born yet. The last yeah, time they Steve, hosted yeah, a playoff. Steve, game. I wasn't even one yet. I was couple months away well that's that's the last time the islanders hosted game one of a playoff series was the first round against the devils in 1988 they lost that series they have not hosted a game one since so that tells you all you need to know (laughs) Uh, so what do you think of the playoff format mike you like this? i actually love it i i know that a lot of but it kind of brings back to me what it was when i was a kid which they didn't even have the wild cards then. It was just the top four in each division made the playoffs back in the old Patrick Adams, you know, Smythe division days. 
Um, so it kind of brings it back to that. I do understand why a lot of people don't like it. But really, we haven't had a situation yet since this format started where a team made the playoffs over somebody that, that shouldn't know. You know, like, let's say, you know, there's a year where, uh, you know, the, the Atlantic is terrible and the third-place team in the Atlantic has less points than a team that, you know, misses the playoffs out of the Metro. You know, if something – that has not happened yet, which means the system is working just fine. So I like the way they do it. And the other thing that this system does is it enhances in the division rivalries. Uh, it really does. Uh, I mean, did anybody really get sick the last three years of seeing the Pens and the Caps play in the second round? I, they, they've been the two best teams in the Metro, but those were all great series, seven-game series, and you finally got to see the Caps beat them last year. Uh, you know, look on the other side. I mean, you're almost guaranteed at this point uh, in the in – the, um, in the Atlantic that you're going to get either Boston, Toronto or Boston, Montreal or Toronto, Montreal in the first round. I mean, it's a guarantee and, and you can have rivalries like that every year in this format and this system. And, and I think it works really well for the NHL. All right. So, you know, with the trading deadline coming up, there are two guys right now in the minor leagues who are on their way back. And, you know, our, one of our favorite replacement left wingers is down there playing defense for Bridgeport. <laughs> and of course, your favorite contract on the team and Andrew Ladd is down there as well. What do you think about them coming back and how important they are for the playoff run? Well, I, I think it's important to have everybody healthy and to have depth, especially when you get into a playoff situation. I think it's really key. Here's the thing with Andrew Ladd, and uh, I haven't been shy about it. He has not been a good signing for the Islanders. He just hasn't. He has not provided what they are paying him to do. Um, I know his first year he had 20 goals. Uh, big deal. A, a lot of guys have 20 goals in this league. Um, he gets 20 goals every I know year. that maybe the, you know, I know that I know that maybe the situation the last couple of years hasn't been ideal. This year he's been hurt for pretty much the entire year. He hasn't played since November. But here's the thing for me, guys. I think that Andrew Ladd has a chance as he's going to finally play playoff games for this organization he's got a chance to really earn some of his value and um, if he can step into some playoff games provide some leadership provide some playoff experience pop in a couple of big goals maybe I think that maybe you could start to see some value in uh, the Andrew Ladd contract it's never you'll never get total because it's so long and it's so much money but at least to get something out of him would be huge as far as Hickey goes uh, I think Hickey's going to be right back in there whenever they're ready to do it because Hickey's a big part of what they do. Um, and, and here's the good problem to have. I don't think it's bad if when you're coming down the stretch and they play a lot of games in March, if you can maybe get a rest on back-to-backs, you know, you, if you put Hickey in, slide Pelic out. You put Pelic in, you know, maybe you slide uh, Johnny Boychuk out just for a night on a back-to-back to keep him fresh. You know, if you could build a little bit of a cushion, keep guys fresh. I think it's a good problem to have. But if you were saying huge game, game one playoffs, who's probably going to sit out of the defenseman that they have right now? I think it's probably Pellet. You mean the guy they protected in the, the expansion draft? Well, look, they, you know, <laughs> I, I, I still, you know, that, to be fair, I mean, let, let's, we can look back on it now <laughs> and say it didn't, it didn't go that badly for the Islanders. Right. It really didn't. That whole expansion draft thing, and they ended up sending 
uh, Vegas a pick to take uh, Grabowski's contract, and they ended up only losing Jay at, uh, what's his face, the, the third goalie they always carried around. Who was it? Um, you, know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the guy third, that, that Garth Snow thought was the, was the next uh, Patrick Waugh, and they kept, they kept carrying three goalies. Uh, Barubi, J.F. Barubi. Right. They carried J.F. Barubi around. They lost him in it. But honestly, it's not uh, not that big a deal. They didn't. It didn't end up that badly. But they're going to have another one coming up in what two years? So we'll get to have fun again with another expansion <laughs> draft. Who to keep? If if they don't keep Devontae's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, I, I'd have to look. I think that by then they should have him. Uh, they, I got to see. I he should, him he should have the no movement clause on, on his deal by then, right? Right, right, right. The guys, you get, you have to keep guys with a no movement clause. So it's very possible. We got a long way to go before we get to that. Let's win some playoff games this year first. Talk, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about him. What a what a boost he's been to this team with Devontae's. Oh, he's been a, he's been enormous. Uh, honestly, I think that Barry Trotz liked him so much in training camp that he probably wanted him to make the team right out of camp. But Lou seemed to want him to you know spend half the year in Bridgeport he had he had missed the second half last year with an injury I think that Lou wanted him to kind of get his game back and uh it was a huge it was a huge advantage for him because he's come in he's been solid and what I really like also is it's taken him a month but he's starting to provide you a little bit of offense you see him in there on the goal that Barzell had against uh Edmonton on Saturday night you've seen him score a couple goals he had the winner again two Sundays ago, whatever it was. So he's starting to provide you some offense as well. And him and Pulak have been good in that department where they're providing the Isles some offense while they're not really getting any from the top six right now. And he uh, and he had the game winner against Chicago, I believe it was, in overtime. And Right. He had that one. He had that one as well. He had the overtime. was his first goal, I believe. That's the right. overtime game winner against the Blackhawks. So he's provided them some offense, and that's good. But he's also been very sound on the back end. And I think that him and Scotty Mayfield have become a nice third pairing to have. And this is only his first year. I believe that when you get to two, three, four years from now, this guy's going to be a, a really solid top four defenseman for this club. All right. We're going to keep it on the de- defensive side of uh, the rank. Uh, what's your thoughts on Nick Letty and uh, what's going on with him so far this season? I think that Nick is, was in desperate need of what, Barry Trotz and his system brought him. Uh, I think that you started to see maybe some some decline in, in Nick Letty last year. Now, I also thought last year Nick Letty was put in a spot that probably isn't great for him. You know, they, they leaned on Nick Letty a lot last year, and the plus-minus was very ugly because the team gave up a lot of goals, and I think he got exposed a lot because Johnny Boychuk was not himself last year. Ryan Pulak really didn't get it going until about February or March. So he was kind of the only, uh, you know, stable NHL defenseman that they were rolling out there for a good point last year, especially after Calvin DeHaan got hurt. So I think he was in a bad spot. Comes in this year where Barry puts this system in where all six defensemen are got to pull their own weight to make things happen. It's been a better situation for him. Maybe he hasn't provided the offense that you're used to seeing him do in the past, but I think he's taken the battery system. Okay, definitely. All right, so we have obviously a lot of hockey left, 
but for the Islanders to win the division, what is your most? What are your two most important things for the Islanders to carry on the division for the first time in a very long time? I think the the two most important things for them to finish this thing out here over these next six weeks and and win this division is one, they need to stay as healthy as they have stayed the entire year. When you think about it, other than the lad and the hickey injuries, which they're about to get back, and, and you wouldn't put those guys in, you know, the top, you know, five or seven players that they can afford to lose. So I know they lost him for a long time, but it didn't hurt the team that much. They have not had a major injury this year. They just haven't. Uh, you got to knock on wood, and, and I'm talking about both the goalies. I'm talking about Barzell, Lee, Letty, Pulak, you know, all the guys that are the main providers on this team, the main cogs, they have not had any injuries from those guys. So, And, and you know who else you got to put in there now, boys, is Casey Zizekas. Oh, uh, yeah. Casey Zizekas 20 goal come, scoring, Casey uh, what, what he's done this year has been unbelievable. But just to get back to it, I think they, if they could stay as healthy as they've been, that will be key. And secondly, they need to find more offense from their top six guys. They need Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, Jordan Eberle. These guys need to start scoring some more goals. They're getting it done. They're winning every night, and that's why it's not that big of a topic because they're winning 2-1, they're winning 3-2. I get all that, but if you want to win this division, if you want to make a playoff run, they need those guys who have done it in the past to put more pucks in the net. I mean, we have Fibula passing the puck over to uh, Anders Lee perfectly now, so we don't have to worry about Anders. He's going to be okay. Well, that he needed that. That was a big goal for him on Saturday night. It really was because he had been ice cold, and he needed that goal bad. It was a great put-away goal, made the game 4-2, finished it off for them. Huge goal for Anders, and I thought he had a, a really strong first two, two and a half months of the year, and He's been quiet. Now, I say this about all the guys. Even though they need to score more, they've done the other things that they need to do around the ice. The whole team has because they don't allow any goals. That's, every, that's a, a product of everybody. That's a product of every guy on the ice pulling their own weight, as Barry Trotz always says, and, and believing in the structure. But they need these guys to score more. Maybe that kicks everybody off, uh, what Anders did. And Bailey had a big goal against Columbus last week, too. So Bailey gets a good one. Lee gets one. Brock put in an empty netter in that game. Maybe those three guys could start to get a little jump started here as we start coming down the stretch. Anders on Saturday played one of the best games he's played in a little while. He had the fight. No doubt. He, he had an anger yeah. to him. Scoring that goal was huge, like you said. You just saw a different him that night. No, I agree. I, I thought it was one of the better games that he's played in a couple of months. There's no question about it. And uh, maybe it was the fight that really got him going. Uh, I mean, the dude bit him, right? I mean, what, <laughs> I mean the, guy, the guy tried to take a hack out of him. So, I mean, that, that clearly got him too stuff. And um, the other thing is, is that now these guys are going to be playing all these games at the Nassau Coliseum going forward. So that's going to add some more juice to them. And uh, it's going to be a fun finish to the season, that's for sure. You know you know what I found interesting about last week was that they didn't have a power play chance in the game against Buffalo, and we all know how great the power play's been this year. But, yeah, been but, outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> but finally get a chance in Columbus, and we're winning games. So maybe the key is that we have to have a terrible power play for the game. Because in Buffalo, we didn't have any, and we <laughs> lost the game. 
Right, right. Maybe you need those uh, just to drain some clock. You need to have a couple of power plays and kill some more time off that the other team is not attacking. The funny part was in that Columbus game, the first Islander power play of that game, Columbus had like the two best opportunities to score was was them shorthanded, was the one guy had the breakaway and they had maybe one other, and the Islanders did absolutely nothing on there. So, um, yeah, it's it's a situation where they need to find a way to jumpstart the power play and hopefully – Maybe somebody that they acquire over the next four or five days becomes that person that could really jumpstart it. Or even, you know, I'm actually watching the pregame show now. Interesting enough is Angelad and Hickey are on the trip with them. Um, they just showed them on the ice this morning. Um, Angelad put sliding him into being that vet on that second power play unit. He may not put up the goals, but... He's the type of guy who can handle the puck and other guys can get open for him. Could no, I agree. I, I think that that, that that second unit kind of took a, a big hit when he went down and, and they've kind of, you know, they pretty much spent the entire season playing Clutterbuck there. Um, they got a little bit of a boost, I thought, when Filippolo went in for Clutterbuck, when Clutterbuck got hurt for those couple games. Um, I thought that Filippolo maybe added a little bit more juice to that second power play, but what's really helped the second power play lately is is that Ryan Pulak has started to hit the net. So <laughs> when Ryan Pulak starts hitting the net on that second power play, and that's been always his problem. Ryan Pulak's biggest issue is he's not accurate with that big slap shot. So he's been getting it on net lately, and that has led to a couple goals for that second unit. You know what's funny about you saying that is um, <laughs> is my friend and I, when he's hit the net the past couple of games, have always texted each other. Oh my God, he hit the net! We call him the Fulton <laughs> Reed of the team. Yeah, no, it's 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 a hundred percent. That's accurate because he has an unbelievable shot, and it seems like it's what what is the Fulton Reed joke in the thing? One out of ten? Is that the? That's, that's what, what we said. Reed he's he's to, easily Fulton yeah, Reed. One, one out, out of ten. <laughs> but but he's but he's actually in the last two or three weeks been a lot better than one out of ten, which is why. You know, he, you've started to see him put more in, and you've started to see that second unit on the power play start to generate a lot more because he's getting more accurate. I'm sure it's something that hopefully they're working on during practices and et cetera, but um, he's definitely become a little bit less Fulton Reed-esque when he's been winding up lately. Well, we noticed it in the, uh, the overtime winner. He's also hitting the net on the move, which is big. Oh, huge, 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 especially that that's big because if – one of the things that he really, I mean, when he's standing there with the puck and he winds one up, uh, he's got a better shot. Uh, but you see him, the ones that really never hit the net are the ones where, like you say, he's moving or he's trying to one-time one, things like that. Uh, he's, he's really wild with those shots. And bringing the accuracy in on the moving one-timers, because they've been kind of putting him also lately on the power play in that OV spot on the, on the left circle there where, you know, he's kind of getting over in that circle. They're feeding him the puck, and, he, and he's you know smashing those one-timers from there. And he needs to get those on net, and he's done a better job of that lately, and that's a huge part of their power play if he could do that. Mike, the at ILC podcast, at Carver High CBS, Offside Savern, Saturday night. How do people listen to the ILC podcast? You can find the ILC podcast at the homepage on ILC.com. You can find it on all those places where you listen to podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those joints. And uh, 
you know, he was always the Twitter page, at Isle Seat uh, Podcast, on Facebook, all those places, boys. Everywhere you can get your, your podcast and your music, you can find the Isle Seat Podcast. Awesome. Hopefully we do this again in like a month and a half when we start previewing the playoffs together. How does that sound? That sounds good to me, boys. Whatever you need me, let me know. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. Your blood dries as you tire. All right, welcome back to the SSD Podcast. You just listened to With the Vengeance. Uh, first off, I'd like to say thank you to Michael Carver for coming on, talking Islanders hockey for a bit. Um, since we already talked about Islanders hockey and everything like that, uh, Duke and North Carolina are playing as we're recording, and Zion all busted out of his own sneaker just now, and I almost had a heart attack for his, obviously, the Knicks are tanking for Zion. So, uh, thank God he's okay. It seemed like it. At, at first, because obviously we didn't see the shoe exploding, he thought it was something more serious. But uh, that yeah, was but he's crazy. rubbing his you knee don't... on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully Zion's okay. Uh, the All-Star break was fun, I guess. And he's um, going to the locker room. Oh, boy. All right. I don't have They the have a split on. screen going on. So Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully he heals up for the Knicks uh, in June. Uh <laughs> But um, all kidding aside, I definitely jinxed him because our friend Dustin, Justin Diamond goes, what's your take for tonight's Duke-North Carolina game? And I go, Zion triple-double with a whatever emoji. Uh, so, my bad, Zion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least now they can like lose the ping-pong balls like they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, but um, the Knicks and Nets were uh, very – they – they represented the New York area on uh, NBA All-Star Saturday with uh, Joe Harris winning the three-point contest and Dennis Smith getting second place in the dunk contest. So kudos to them. Um, obviously, the Knicks, just hopefully they lose a win, which would be nice because they did lose 18 in a row. So uh, they're doing their job. but it. <laughs> of course they're losing 18 in a row. <laughs> It's the year it, they have they they changed the whole. Uh... Yeah, no, of course. So, <laughs> hopefully they don't land land with the top five pick. So hopefully it's one and one and one. Um, but all kidding aside, let's see what happens with the Knicks. Um, with the Nets right now, they're a top six team in the East. Uh, that just goes to show you how shitty the East is. But they've been playing really well. They're starting to form it together, and if they make a couple of Smart decisions in the offseason slash drafts, and hopefully they don't trade anybody away for the dra- uh, the trade deadline. Which no, it already passed, right? No, Maybe a mind. trade deadline's over. Yeah, I, I forgot. They so, traded. Thankfully, <laughs> Yo, they didn't I'm do sending, I'm sending you. I'm sending you and Vin a picture. Zenon is like like Mike. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's funny. Uh but yeah, the. The Nets just got to keep the stay of the course, and these guys are finally playing what the Nets were supposed to be the last couple of years, so good good for them on that. Uh, that's about it with basketball, other than the, the normal drama, everything else like that, but eh, basketball is kind of boring. March Madness is starting to take shape, so that's... When was the last time there was a basketball game? Well, last Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> What a joke. Why do they need two weeks off after the All-Star break? <laughs> well, it was only Sunday, so every sport, basically, like that. Um, but, yeah, that's about it with the NBA. Uh, 
spring training starting up. Um, the Mets are already banged up with uh, Jed Lowry, but it's couple, first wouldn't couple want of days. It, it wouldn't be spring training without it. Yeah, and Jacob DeGrom drama. Uh, does he deserve it? Of course he deserves it, but the Mets don't need to give him the contract right away, especially on how everything's going in the Major League Baseball Just other than Machado. What? Just play, he said? Just oh, I agree. Him. I agree. I agree. Pay him, get it out of the way. I, 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 I 100% agree. Let's face agree. it, he, he has earned the blank check. I agree. I agree. It's just not smart for the Mets to do, but I agree with you. Um, Is anything smart for them to do, ever? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But it would be the Mets have thing they, to, okay, do, better to question. do it. Have they ever done anything smart? No, so that means <laughs> they're actually doing something smart for once. But... I agree. I, I want to be dumb. I'm, I'm going to be the dumb fan and say, let's get it done. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. Um, I'm happy for Machado getting $300 million. I wish I can get that. Uh, but um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, with the Padres. Obviously, they have one of the better farm systems. Are we going to be able to see that farm system grow and before Did they Machado's... announce anything about the deal? Uh, like, is there outs or there? Yeah, options? there's an. As of yesterday, when it first came out, he has an out after year five. So, that's a lot of five? time. To... <laughs> that's a that's a lot of years. Well, half, halfway through it, yeah. So, that's perfect time. Hopefully, the Padres farm system starts steps up, type of thing, and. They can contend for Machado, but we all know those things don't happen. Because obviously, once you're paying a guy $300 million, you're not really going out and getting other quality players. So, we'll see what happens. These are Keuchel and Harper. And, um, Keuchel's interesting. Keuchel is very interesting. What is, what's wrong with him that, is, that are pushing teams away? What has been happening in his... In his Go to visit teams. That's pushing them away. Is the question. I, it's just. It's uh, got to be some sort over, of injury. Yeah, that, and he's over thirty, and that scares people. Obviously. Um, well, yeah, you're why, not going to give him the money. That's why. Does DeGrom, he earn? Does he earn Patrick Corbin money? I I would say hell yeah. I would think so. <laughs> it, last year was his first May year that he's had in the last couple of years, but uh, it's just baseball is. They're finally smartened up. <laughs> Um, but we'll see what happens with that. And Yankee Land is Yankee Land. Um, Severino got a nice deal, four years, forty million. Smart move. I just avoid the years, avoid the arbitration years. Like I was telling one of my friends, it's like so Yankees. Severino has a very crappy second half of the season. Actually, works out for the Yankees. Um. But like it's not even that. The Yankees looked at, okay, DeGrom just went into arbitration and got $17 million. Oh, yeah. What okay. are we giving this guy? Of course. And the the best thing with Yankee fans being mad that they're not getting Harper or Machado, honestly, in a couple years, you're going to have to overpay uh, Judge. You're going to have to overpay Sanchez if he bounces back this year. Um, Didi... Uh, and Duhar and, and Glaber, and you're not going to be able to resign all these guys, most likely. 
someone's going to be the odd man out in any of these situations. We obviously know it's not going to be San, uh, Judge and most likely Sanchez because you know how hard it is to replace a catcher. But one of, a couple of those guys are not going to be able to get a second contract with the Yankees with all things created equally. So you, you got to lay off on the Yankees for quote-unquote being cheap. They they did their their they did their damage with getting Giancarlo last year, and I think he's gonna have a bounce back year for his quote unquote unrealistic Yankee standards. Um, I I he's gonna be I'm I'm saying it right now. I know we have a couple months for before a preview show, but he's my he's gonna be my uh, pick for AL MVP this year. I think he's gonna bounce back and have an, another awesome year. It's just unfortunately he was almost twenty something home run short of where he hit his last year with the Marlins, which we all know he wasn't going to get. This was interesting, especially going into that park. Yes and no, yes and no. I think I think him needing a year, understanding what real baseball is and. Being under the Microsoft uh, microscope after every single pitch instead of every single at bat slash game type of thing, and he, I think he really needed that. And he carried well. He helped carry the Yankees when the injuries were just piling on, and he played hurt. So he had a good year. It's just one of those a rod type. Oh, but he didn't come through in the clutch more times than not. Nonsense, but. I think he's going to step up this year. I really think he needed that year to understand New York slash playing meaningful baseball. I think I'm going to give it to him. Last year, I'm going to give it to him. But I think this year, he's going to bounce back. And maybe maybe he just maybe he hits 50 home runs. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you never know. Right. Uh, I think it was just there's a lot of pressure on the first year. Yeah, exactly. Right. Playing from playing in the Marlins, where there's ten to five, fifteen people in the stands every night, and that team was a very good team. It's just unfortunate that the Marlins are a terrible franchise, and uh, Jose Fernandez unfortunately passed away. I, <laughs> what team gives away all their stud all stars? It's just amazing. Just imagine if, if any of those guys, if they all stayed together. And what would have happened with any sort of them going after any sort of pitching in free agency? It would have been amazing. Unfortunately, they're in our division, but it would have been fun to watch them make a playoff run if we weren't involved. Right. Um, Between Orzuna, Yelich, and obviously Stanton. And, um, but they're competing, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Like you shouldn't be Derek Jeter shouldn't be able to own the franchise if they're trading all these caliber players away for basically nothing. It, it's it's a, it is a joke. It, it it is a joke. So I'm watching the Zenon thing again. What's interesting is his shoe exploded, right? Yes. But he's grabbing his other knee. Yeah. When he hits the ground, like the back of his knee. That's the part that's going to scare me. Yep. He's not playing for a while. Okay, so what's your thoughts on the Severino telling Jacob to shut up 
when Severino couldn't even pitch in the second half of the season last year. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Just you're uh, you're uh, just <laughs> you're hearing the news and you need to make a comment even though you really really shouldn't, especially. <laughs> Coming when you, after, can't, you couldn't after, even pitch like, in the like, second half. <laughs> not only that, it's not it's not even about that, but you know how crappy this situation has been with players. You're the rare person, and good for you for taking a lesser contract. But who are you to tell someone to not go after their money? You, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, like, let's say let's say Sevy has a Degrom type year. You don't think that Severino next offseason is going to want more money than $10 million next season? Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. That's why I cracked up with that. You know, it's funny. It's similar to... Ask anybody. Not because Severino is a Yankee or those type of things. It's just common sense. You know know what's super funny about the whole thing is that it's similar to the, um, the Rock and Cena. When Cena called out The Rock for being a part-timer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Look yeah, at him yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> and look yeah. at Cena now. Yeah, no. It, it was the natural natural progression on that. And obviously, Severino is a couple years younger than him. So, hopefully, Severino... If Severino just figures it out in the second half slash in the playoff game, he has the stuff to be that guy. So See, I, see, I think if this was a couple years ago, if let's just say everything was... This, this, what the Mets had now a couple of years ago, they would have avoided arbitration with, with Jacob. Yeah. But instead, we had a fran- a guy who was running his team who, you know, grew up in the Oakland A's organization in Sandy where everybody goes to arbitration, everybody does what they're supposed to do. I, and then I also think that situation was different, difficult, because we also have Har- had Harvey with this situation and then Syndergaard behind him. And then now that Wheeler is going to be a free agent next year, it's just one of those weird. Eh, it's just jumbled up all over the place. So this is this is what we were dreading. Yeah, we're going we're, into 2015. Yeah, no, this this, is, this, this time. This is exactly what we were dreading. The thing is, is that I could see a scenario where we go to Zach Wheeler and say, "Hey, let's give you the contract Severino just signed." See, this is this, and is I can see him being like, "Okay." Gets tricky. From know how great of how shitty of a second half Severino had is as good as a second half Wheeler had. So it's what gonna did be, Severino get? Four for forty-five. I thought it was four for ten. I thought it was four four for forty. And then I guess for the Suns were the extra five million. I guess. Uh, Severino contract. Let's I thought see. it was four for forty, but you could have added the incentives, which I missed out. Four for forty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was right. Um. Okay. So what you're saying is, if we called Wheeler and said we're gonna give you five for sixty, I I wouldn't see why he wouldn't take it. But <laughs> there's no salary cap. No, there's no. I know. I know that. I, I'm just saying. For him wanting to bet on himself, I don't think he wants to do that. If if he has a first half like he had early in the year, and we went to him and said, "Here, we're gonna give, we're gonna give you 
six for 80, but a third year out. I would obviously. If he's in the question of an all-star pitcher. He's going to say no because he's going to bet on himself and look to get more money. But I, I agree with you. But in thinking of the, 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 but the player, but the player is not going to do that. Unless he really loves New York and we're like 20 games above 500 and we're running away with the division or we have a shot at the playoffs, like legit shot at the playoffs. Jacob just got 26. Uh, seventeen, no, Jake, right? He, Jacob got ten million more. He he went from ten. Oh, he got seven. No, yeah, he got seven more. Jacob's making seventeen this year. Yeah, right? from from ten last year. Jesus so, yeah. So what is Syndergaard yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. next year? Syndergaard still got two more years of arbitration. <laughs> exactly. He, See, this, he's a guy this we is, should we where... should be talking contract wise. Well, hey, let's avoid the next two years. Here's. And you and you know here's and, ten and, a year. He should get the he should get the sever, he should get the the six for eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, that six for eighty. I meant. And you know he's gonna give us no favors because we've seen him personally in public and we've seen <laughs> him on social media and everything else. It's it's not happening. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, so they gotta they gotta figure something out. That's why Brody needs to figure it out, and good luck with everything. <laughs> um, let's before we wrap it up. Um, crazy giant rumors going on today. Uh, obviously, we're not changing. the locker. The year's over. Yeah, the year's <laughs> over. Um, that's madness. That wasn't needed. Listen, the what, the problem is, is that listen. My thought process right away was give him the franchise tag. Tell him not to sign it. Let's talk contract. If if it needs to be come camp, he signs it right then and there, right? Yeah. The problem is to be a safety at a at a with a franchise tag is twelve million dollars a year. Yeah. Twelve million dollars. That's a lot of money for anybody. Yeah, and honestly, um, with Landon, we both love Landon a lot. He's the key contributor to our defense. I know that doesn't say much the last couple of years, but can we for for once other than Josh Adams? Can we get a free safety that doesn't suck and play like play next to him? What is a free um, safety that doesn't wait, suck? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure Michael Thomas. Know. Can we re-sign Michael Thomas? Yeah, yeah, he's he's on the team regardless. I think it was a couple year contract. Oh yeah, he's got another year at zero dollars. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's gonna want a little bit more money since he made the Pro Bowl, but we'll see. He, he's in, he's got plenty of incentive. He's fine. And then, then I swear he's getting would... fifty. He's getting fifty. Th- oh, here's some bonuses he's getting this year too. Oh, for 50, sure. Fifty thousand. Um, he gets a if he's activated per game, he gets three thousand dollars. He also oh. gets a uh fifty thousand dollar workout bonus for next year. And um and then and then Counter today uh made a that Russell Wilson would fit perfectly with the Giants. That was funny. I I got a good chuckle with that. Of course, I would love Russell Wilson on our team, but I do not see that happening. But the set number two on that list is Sierra, Sierra prefers New York. So you know that situation was pretty funny on that. And then, for whatever reason, the media wants to make rumors up about Odell Beckham and everything about Odell, 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 Odell. But 
Antonio Brown is making a complete ass out of himself, and he's going on the complete deep end. He's bleaching his mustache. He looks like a complete asshole on social media every goddamn night. But Odell Beckham is the bad guy. Like, but how does that make any sense? Like, I don't get that at all. But it is pretty funny to me. It's just like Beckham's not doing anything. Beckham's in France enjoying Fashion Week in France, and he's not doing anything. But AB is freaking going on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, just talking all a bunch of gibberish and just losing his goddamn mind. And he's having a mental breakdown in front of our eyes every single night. <laughs> he's, he's just lost his damn mind. And the Steelers are a sinking ship. So, And they told Ben Roth, they said today apparently Ben Roethlisberger is in charge. Yeah, no, yeah, I saw that. I, I, I had NFL Network on before uh, before you called me. Right, yeah, before we recorded. I was watching it, too. And, like, yeah, he's in charge. Yeah, so William McGinnis was like, their head coach is fired and Ben's William doing McGinnis everything. Is like, are you serious? It's, it's just, that's not Steeler-like. Uh, but uh, that's what happens, man, when you let the inmates run the asylum. And, yeah, so they lose two of their top top players and top five players in their respected uh, positions. So if I'm the Jets, if I had a pick between one of them, I, I would obviously go towards Bell. Just Other than the weed situation and him wanting to preserve himself, that's really his only knock. Antonio Brown has gone completely off the deep end, and it's really, like, scary. He's going to be perfect in San Fran. Like, yeah, like his value is crashing as we speak. Obviously not because of his uh, production on this field. He's just a nutcase. This is like T.O. doing abs times 10. Just insane. <laughs> and then wanting everybody to call him Mr. Big Chest instead of A.B. Because he's working out on chest. He's, he's lost his mind. And he's done uh, violent situations. I Obviously, he hasn't gotten into trouble with them. But they've come. the cops have come to the, his house a few times. And then the whole uh, couch situation last year, almost killing someone because he threw a couch off a balcony. Like, he's been doing crazy shit the last couple years, but it's okay. Odell Beckham decided to go to a uh, go to France and do some stuff, and it's always... He moonwalked. Okay. Leave him alone. Stop. He moonwalked. Cut yeah. Him. Right now. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just so annoying. Just... Like, AB, AB, like, imagine if AB wasn't on the, like, I know the Steelers are one of those teams, those hot-button teams, but imagine if he was in New York. Like, this would be insane if Beckham did any, pulled any of this shit. But it's it's fun. Combine's next week. I hope uh, Dwayne Haskins has a good uh, combine because I'm on the Dwayne Haskins uh I'm train. so far away from it. It's not I, I know. It I, has nothing to do with Ohio State. The guy, the guy is literally... Uh, Mark Sanchez 2.0. Play, uh, hasn't doesn't have experience. Does doesn't deserve it. I, I think he I think he played it well enough last year. Fifty touchdowns. Need I say more with that? But and he has the accuracy and he seems to have it. I, I it seems he you, have it. the kid that you told me about from Duke is going to jump up. <laughs> I, I got to get that screenshot. I have to find that screenshot from the night after the day after we beat the Niners. Cause remember I said that when they showed the clip 
and it was the guy from Duke, and I go, oh no, that's that's the Manning's quarterback, the quarterback guru is their head coach. We're so getting him. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's plenty of time for that, but combine next week, and we'll see what happens. We know guys running around in shorts look better than what they are in pads and so forth. So, Steve, plug it away. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Did I miss anything? No. SNDblog.com. White, white Pediatric Cancer on Facebook, on Instagram as well. Jordan is an, a great, great person, 19 years old, which, again, just, just reading that part again just now. Shocks me still. The March 24th, Dix Hill Ice Rink. We're going to set up some cool things. Uh, we'll talk to a couple of the guys on Saturday at the ILC Podcast Live event. See if they can hook us up with some stuff, some charity stuff for the kids. Um, we're super excited about it. Always love helping out Jordan. Uh, definitely got a fun month coming up. We're definitely going to work on some, doing some more shows. Definitely try and get a show in next week after the NHL trading deadline. Um uh, Definitely going to try and get into a baseball preview show coming up. And, of course, NFL Draft is coming up. So we'll definitely do something around the combine before or after. Probably after. Yeah. And then, of course, NFL Draft in April. So oh, we got a lot of stuff by, coming by up. By the way, uh, Landon has to re-sign with the Giants for the sure fact that I could probably actually make it to the softball game this year. So I, I want to go to at least one softball game. So, Landon, I feel like with still us. do it. Yeah, but it's going to be a little more awkward. I'm sure Joe will do it, but not consider it with Landon. It may not be the Landon Collins <laughs> softball event. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Landon, if it's the Landon Collins softball event, hopefully hopefully I get to go this year. But, yes. Right. So, we'll worry about that. Uh, we're definitely going to talk to Joe about definitely getting him back on soon, especially with draft combine season coming up. So, with that being said, anything else? No. Um, enjoy. Have a good night, everybody. Rise! So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.